to Inside the Post-Dispatch podcast, the podcast that brings you inside the Post-Dispatch newsroom. In this episode, we're going to hear from two of my colleagues, Mandy St. Amon, our digital editor, and Robert Patrick, our federal courts reporter, who are going to tell us about their experiences with participating in the vaccine trials for COVID-19. I'm Aisha Salton, and thank you all for joining in and listening to this conversation. Mandy, can you first give us an update on some big news that's come out on the vaccine front earlier this week? Uh, yeah, Pfizer announced that they were having um, great success with their trial vaccine, that it had a 90% success rate. And the stock market and everybody in the world celebrated that because that's um, an incredible success rate. They were thinking if they could find a vaccine that was at least 50% effective, that would be phenomenal. But to find one that could be 90% successful is, is great news for everyone. Um, and it could be started to be distributed by the end of this year if everything goes right. Yeah, that's an incredible development. Now, did either of you guys, are you participating in the Pfizer trials or tell us about the trials that you are each participating in? Robert, why don't you go in and we'll let Mandy answer. Uh, sure, I, well, we both, uh, we both applied for trials through SLU and Wash U, St. Louis University and Washington University. And um, I, uh, we, both are, we both ended up with Washington University um, and they're doing, a, um, they're doing a vaccine that's, be, that's manufactured by uh, Janssen or Janssen Pharmaceuticals, which is a Johnson & Johnson you know, affiliate or something. So you can only do one at a time or you can only do one really. Um, and that it was kind of first come first serve. I mean, whoever, whoever approached us, whoever approached me first, I was like, okay, sure. Um, and a lot of them are using different methodologies, methodologies to get to the same endpoint, which is some sort of vaccine. The, uh, the Janssen one happens to use a modified cold virus. Um, that's kind of seeded in some way with the spike protein that you see in all the pictures of the coronavirus. And um, it's designed so your body um, sees those, like, those spike proteins and says, okay, this is an intruder and we are going to manufacture all these um, antibodies and whatnot, T cells and this and that and the other thing to fight against this. So Mandy, when did you get involved in the trial? And tell us a little bit about what it was just like. To, did you have to get approved or how did that go? You know, we, um, we, were, we were hearing that both WashU and SLU were looking for volunteers for vaccine trials. I think we ran some briefs at FCL today and in the post-dispatch on it. And because I'm a big believer in science and I know how bad this pandemic has been, I thought, you know, I'd be happy to try and volunteer for that. So I emailed both universities and you know, I Googled it and found where they were trying to address volunteers. I emailed both of them. I didn't, I don't think I heard back from SLU. WashU emailed me back and said, you know, hey, are you still interested? This was several weeks later. And I said, yeah, sure. And then they called and they set me up with an appointment and that one was temporarily paused. Uh, they had a, a two or three day pause in the trial for some complexity. And then they called and said, hey, you know, we'd like to reschedule your appointment. Can you still come in? And I said, sure. So I, uh, you know, I had done a lot of screening online, just answering a lot of questions, filling out forms. And then when I went to WashU, they said, this will be a long appointment. It was about two hours at the university, um, filling, doing paperwork and tests and talking with them about what was expected. 
And so did they give you the shot right then and there? Did you have follow-up appointments? What was that like? Um, yeah, I got the shot that day and who knows, maybe it was the vaccine, maybe it was a placebo, but, uh, after about an hour and a half of paperwork and, you know, they took my blood and they ran some, uh, some other paperwork and just talked to me. And then they gave me the, the injection. Then I had to stick around for a half an hour to see if there was any kind of, uh, ill effects. I felt fine. I hopped in my car and I drove home. Robert, does that sound like what your experience was like? Yes, identical. And in fact, um, I mean, I think, well, we had it done on the same day. And neither of us knew that the other person was doing it. Oh, how crazy. Um, yeah, Mandy found out, but I guess because she saw it on the, you know, story sked. Um, but I, I didn't know that I was going to get the vaccine the same day. I kind of assumed that they would run tests to see if we had been exposed first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we go in and we do all the blood tests and they have you swab your own nose um, and, and, you know, presumably they are checking for active infections and antibodies if you've been infected before. Um, but for some reason, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to just go ahead and do the, the vaccine in the same, same day. Now, did either of you guys experience any weird side effects? I know for a lot of people, when they think about vaccine trials, the concern is, oh, what if I get some terrible, weird side effect from that? Can you t- tell us about that? Well, I can speak for myself. The only side effects I had, my arm was sore the next day. I think I got the shot on a Wednesday. And on Thursday, my arm was a little sore. It was my right arm because I'm left-handed. And uh, it was still a little sore on Friday. And then it went away. And I've had no effects. It was funny because they called me that Thursday to ask a question or two, not really to follow up because you have to uh, fill out. You go on, you download an app and you can fill out like a symptom check twice a week, which is what they want you to do but they had one or two questions they'd forgotten to ask me. And I mentioned when they called, I said, um, so I said, I understand my colleague is in the trial too. I said, that's funny. You know, I talked to Robert Patrick and they're like, oh, well, now that you know, yeah, we were laughing about that because we had two media people here. It was kind of funny. I was like, well, we didn't know it either until after the fact. That's so funny. Robert, did you have any side effects? Same thing, sore arm. I mean, I think it was, it was sore for longer than, um, for the typical flu shot, mm-hmm. but that may be because the volume of what they're, whether, what, what, whether it's vaccine or saline, the volume that they're injecting in is five times greater than a flu shot. But I mean, I didn't have, you know, I, I think flu, you know, sometimes when you get the flu vaccine, you feel a little fatigued or you get, might get a little fever or chills or something like that. I had none of those uh, effects um, or at least nothing beyond, you know, seasonal, what, what could also be seasonal allergies or just the fact that, right. you know, these are crazy times and we're all, you know, like what's, how do you differentiate your normal fatigue from like exactly. your experimental vaccine fatigue? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so Mandy talked about how she wanted to be involved because, you know, just to help science and to help try to find a, a, a vaccination for this horrible disease that's killed so many people here and around the world. Can you talk a little bit about your motivation for why you wanted to participate in the trial? Uh, yeah, she's, she's much more altruistic than I am. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done them, I've done them before. So it's not like a, you know, it's not like a, um, maybe a big leap for me, you know, something where I say, Oh gosh, I've never, I've never been a Guinea pig before. Um, I mean, I think it was, at least half of it was what a lot of other people that 
who were who have talked to the people who were giving the vaccines have said, and they just they just want to be they want to get it. Um, you know, they want to get it as soon as possible, and this is one one way to do it. So, but what if you guys got the placebo? Will you ever know if you got the placebo? Because if a vaccine comes out, can you then get the vaccine? Yeah, they they are um, right now. Both SLU and WashU are kind of wrestling with the issue of of when to quote unquote unblind, and that means when do we tell people what they got, mm-hmm. and and that could happen, you know, if there are, if there are no side effects. Um, and things are going really well, I think that accelerates the process. If there's another vaccine that comes out, that accelerates the process because they don't want to, they don't, you know, if there's a vaccine that's available to the general public, then they are going to tell the people who got saline, hey, look, you guys need to go get this because you didn't get the vaccine. Um, But it's a really, um, you know, I think it's probably a really complicated decision for them because there are so many factors in play and they, they still want to have good science because Johnson, Janssen doesn't know whether, um, you know, the Pfizer vaccine is going to work out or AstraZeneca or whoever else. And so everybody, I think everyone's probably operating as if, you know, we may be the only one and therefore we got to make sure the science is as good as possible. Because if someone told me I had the vaccine, then I might... I might perhaps inflate, you know, the normal thing, you know, and be like, oh, well, I got a kind of a sore throat the other day, you know, but how do you, like I said before, how do you tell the difference between your seasonal allergy stuff and that? So, you know, they want, they want people to kind of report their symptoms, whatever they are, as accurately as possible. This is also... Go ahead, Robert. I was was just going to say, this is like a long-term trial too, because they said... Did they tell you, Robert, it would take two years? This right. is a two-year study? Yeah, initially it was kind of a, you know, it's kind of a negative on the study when they tell you, I mean, a lot of people read the, the literature on this thing and say, well, I'm not going to know for two years and I'm not going to be able to take a vaccine if it comes out. And that's, not, and that's not quite how it's designed, but it is a little bit daunting to say, you know, if this was a normal, if this was a vaccine for something that wasn't a pandemic, you might have to wait two years to find out. I mean, um, but these circumstances are very unusual. And so I not being, you know, not having any inside information or something, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out in within six months, which one we got. What do you think, Mandy? Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right. I, I think they're going to, you know, let us know fairly quickly. They were very upfront too, that they said, you know, for, for any reason, you feel like you need to drop out of this study, you know, because a vaccine becomes available or because, you know, you're leaving town or you're moving out of the country or whatever, you know, they make it very clear. You're not obligated to stay in this study. It's, it's a volunteer basis strictly. And it's a total of uh, nine in-person visits over, over the course of the study. The first one is the long one. After that, we're supposed to go back every, uh, I think it's every month or six weeks or so roughly for, and it'll be about 20 minutes. And I'm not even sure what they're going to do if they take our blood or test us. But they also send you home with a little kit of, you know, a pulse oximeter so you can take your own um, blood oxygen, Mm -hmm. um, a nasal swab, a thermometer. So 
I'm ready. I'm ready to play Dr. Mo Dr. Mandy here at home. And they give you a goodie bag, like a treat bag to take home with you, pandemic yeah. treat bag. Do you guys get paid to participate? You do, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on the intensity of the visit. I think it's, I think at most it's, I think, I think the whole thing over two years, it's maybe 700 bucks. Oh, okay. So it's not like you're making thousands of dollars off of it now. So, um, I didn't know you got paid until I was there and, and they said, you know, you get paid for this. I said, oh, you do? <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, and so one thing that I read is that the good news off the Pfizer vaccine is really good news for all vaccines because it's encouraging one that something's working and a lot of the structures might be similar that are being used in these different vaccines and they're gonna need um, a lot more companies producing it just to be able to you know, vaccinate enough people to have it be effective. So it's really exciting news, especially as someone whose family has been, I mean, I've had COVID, my husband is still recovering uh, from getting COVID two months ago. Have you guys changed your behavior at all in terms of masking or how easily you'll go out or see people since you know that you might possibly be vaccinated? I have not, no, I still, I wear a mask everywhere. I'm very, I'm pretty limited in where I go. I mean, I, I have to go get groceries and I, I make my weekly run to the big box store for the detergent and soap and, and things like that. But um, I, I haven't been going out very much. And when I do go out, I wear a mask everywhere and I keep my social distance. And I'm also one of those people who, you know, when someone is at the grocery store and they aren't wearing their mask properly, I back away from them. And it has not always met with positive results. I get some people are like, oh, you're all into social distancing. They said, yeah, you're not wearing a mask. And it doesn't go over well. Yeah, I know. You have to be careful in those situations. What about you, Robert? No, I mean, it's, it's only been a short time, but um, no, I think it hasn't affected my, um, my behavior in terms of how, you know, how often I go places or what I do when I'm there. I think it may be ratchets down your anxiety about those places, not, you know, so we've, we've each got a 50% chance that we got a vaccine that might work. Um, so it's not like it ratchets down your anxiety 50%, uh, <laughs> maybe 5% or something. Yeah, maybe five, maybe 10 on a good day. Yeah. And, it, well, and it would be, it would be an interesting kind of thought experiment or real experiment if, if, you know, you were 90% sure that you got this vaccine and then you're like, Oh, well, okay. I mean, I, I still don't think, you know, the thing about it is I could get, let's say I got the vaccine and it's a sufficient amount of time has passed. I'll still get it. I just won't get sick from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm going to the club unmasked um, <laughs> and uh, stop <laughs> laughing, really. Um, if you know, they whatever. Then, you in the club. And for some reason, that's a funny image. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm in the club and then I come home or I go someplace else, I'm still able to spread it. Oh, so, right. you know, Good it, point. it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe I don't turn into a super spreader. Maybe I think you clear it faster, but it doesn't mean that, that you're necessarily going to be, you know, I mean, you're not bulletproof. You're not Superman. You're just, well, you know, and that goes, that's very interesting because 
I thought that, oh, if I get COVID, I'll be so much more at ease and I, you know, will be able to go to people's houses and do things, but that has not been the case at all because um, I obviously still wear a mask when I go out and I won't go inside people's homes or anything like that or go to any gatherings because I don't want to be that one in 7 million who gets reinfected. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, and you know, your immune system is already weakened because it did fight off a virus. So you're more susceptible to other things. So I am just as cautious, if not more, um, despite knowing that I have antibodies, you know, that will protect me for three to four months. But I went and got a flu shot, you know, and I'm still following all the recommendations of the CDC. Um, Great. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you feel like might be interesting to our listeners regarding your experience? Well, they, at at least as of last week, they are still accepting volunteers to the WashU study. This one is, this new one is full and they've, um, that's, that vaccine requires two doses. And I think they've given the first dose, but the WashU one at least is, um, is still enrolling and and there were a couple of people who had expressed interest in it and then at some point during the process this is what they're telling me after they read the story and said hey are they still accepting volunteers so you know perhaps perhaps that story has inspired people to oh excellent fill the fill the slots i don't know Maybe I thought it was interesting then the story that was um, that Robert wrote for the Post Dispatch about this experience. You mentioned that your husband had a few concerns about the side effects. So, what would, can you tell us a little bit about that? With the reaction people have had when they've heard, especially people you live with, uh, that you're- yeah, um, both my kids are very, very big boosters of this. They're excited. My daughter's a nurse, so and she's actually taken care of uh, quite a few COVID patients out in Colorado. So she's you know, a huge booster and she's very proud of me for doing it. And so is my son, my husband, I think was a little more concerned that, you know, something could happen to me. And I told him this is the third phase of the trial and most of the side effects they've already tested for. This is more for efficacy, which calmed his fears, but mostly my family has been very supportive. I, you know, I checked with WashU first before I even was telling people, cause I didn't know if it's something I should let them know or not. And they said it was fine to talk about and I'm telling everybody, I've posted it on my social media and I want people to know that I do believe in science and, you know, I think we need to do whatever we can to help because this is, this isn't going away. Even if there's a vaccine, it's going to be months before it's widely distributed. And as Dr. Fauci and all the others have said, we have a long, scary winter ahead of us. I mean, you look at the numbers every day, they are just incredibly frightening and they're climbing and climbing. We're setting records in Missouri and Illinois. And, and I feel like I need to do my little small part. And if this helps in any way, then, you know, good, good on me. I've been following all the reports on STL today and uh, the reporters that have been covering every angle of this. And uh, yeah, lately the news has been really discouraging, frightening um, and anxiety provoking because just, I mean, You know, my husband was diagnosed more than two months ago and we still have oxygen tanks in our house. He still needs oxygen to uh, walk outside. He just went for another second lung CT scan today and he was, he's in his fifties and he was totally healthy before. So you just don't know how hard it can hit you. Um, And so, yeah, I know I appreciate what you guys are doing and what everyone else from the researchers to the healthcare workers, uh, it's really, inspiring to see people coming together, try to help other people. 
And on that note, I wanted to thank all the Post-Dispatch subscribers and STL Today subscribers and readers who are supporting local journalism and the work that so many people like Robert and Mandy are doing to bring this information to you that really does make a difference in our everyday lives. So thank you for your support and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.